welcome back. This podcast is scheduled for one fall. With a 60-minute time limit coming out of the black corner, the combined weight at 666 pounds. Recording to you from the ayahuasca den. I'm your boy Xander Hobbs. This is Bob A. Achilles Heel B. And once again, we're bringing another edition of the Wrestleocalypse. It is upon us. Yeah, and it's upon us. We're having some fun right now. Welcome back, me, to the mainland. Had a nice little trip to Hawaii. Kauai for all you guys out there. Kauai, not Maui. But um, what? how are you doing? Let's. you want to jump right into this? Yeah, man, we're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, while you were out in the mainland and had some atrocious, humid weather, were you here for the hurricane quake? Yes, I was. Okay, so we had the hurricane quake. So it's all been crazy, but nothing's been crazier than the last uh, 10 days in wrestling. So let's get into this because we got a lot to talk about in this first half. All right, so we're starting with all out results and just the state of AEW right now. As you guys know, big news CM Punk is fired. I don't know if we covered that in the last episode. We didn't. We didn't. I double double checked. We had not covered it. Um, yeah, it was weird too because apparently they did a special episode of The Apprentice and Donald Trump fired Phil. It was, I don't know, it was weird, but uh, I digress. Yeah, CM Punk got fired. He put hands on on um, Jungle Boy, formerly known as Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And after, you know, here's the one of the things I love: the leaks from all the dirt sheets. Basically, like Wembley Stadium has cameras everywhere, so all of it was documented. Right. Um, yeah. And whether so, what happened backstage is undeniable. I guess really in the court of public opinion. Do you agree with uh, Jungle Jack, Jungle Boy Jack? Harry recalling the uh the infamous live glass real glass thing in his match with uh his match at um all in what was it it was all out right all, all in no it was all in <laughs> remember they were already all in the first one yeah um i don't like spots like that but you know whatever that's on them I don't. Um, and then the callback that he made to CM Punk, like it was a shot, but like it wasn't a shot to necessitate putting hands on someone. Yeah. And also, I don't know if it's Tony Khan being, you know, over dramatic, but he said that in his interaction with Phil, he feared for his life. Yeah, I read that. So, I, don't like, I mean, that's that's like that's that's not something you say. And again, they had an internal investigation, external legal team, and they just thought that you know what? Sorry, CM Punk. Just like the, the previous two stops on your tour, you're fired. Out of here. And um, to be honest with you, they should have done it during that media scrum when he buried the company. They should have fired him then. After that all incident with like the Bucks and Omega and all that stuff, like he just basically buried the company and Tony Khan in front of his face, and he still walked away from that. So I thought not that- only that too, that, and then the weird, like the weird shit too, was like bringing in a steel, paying him retroactively. He got fired two days after they fired Sam Bunk. Like, yeah. 
the whole thing is like, I don't know. You know, I feel like the company is going to be better off. God bless CM Punk. I mean, my fandom for him is is quite tarnished right now. That being said, um, you know, good luck in whatever his future endeavors are. But I don't think he, like he'll be fine. It was the deal with the devil, though, really, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, you're going to get some ratings on Collision because CM Punk's involved, but like he didn't respect Tony Khan. He didn't respect the promotion. He thought he was bigger than that, you know? Yeah, and and to be honest with you, the ratings didn't even go through the roof with him on there. They The highest ratings that they they've done was when he came back, and then the ratings were pretty much shit ever since then. So he wasn't even doing what he was supposed to do. And he was commanding all this like hoopla and respect, but not giving it back. I'm not saying the other side isn't responsible because, you know, the Bucks and Omega and Jack Perry, they all hold responsibility too. It's the way Phil reacted to these that make it the issue. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And the other thing too, it's like, I feel the reason Tony Khan made this choice because he knew he had Daniel Bryanson. Like, and one, what, like, what a match to come back from a broken arm into the yeah, strap match. And that like, that match was insane, dude. It people on the internet are literally calling it like one of the best strap matches ever. Yes. And I that. Daniel Bryan, in contrast to CM Punk, in the after media scrum, just completely put Ricky Starks over. Yeah, he like did. he carried me in this match. It was all smoke and mirrors, Houdini shit. If it wasn't for him, I couldn't do it. And but like, the match was like I don't know, probably one, it, probably match of the night, I guess. Yeah, on, I, on I, I would say that by far. I mean, there were some good matches on that. Um, oh, card there were. Like I really dug uh, Miro and Hobbs. That yes. was a match. That, and that's what that's what we said it was going to be. We said it was going to be a good match, and um. What did you think of Takesta and uh, Omega? Dude, okay, so here's my thing. In the end, the most consistent thing in AW has been the elite just, like, putting people over. Like, it was the Young Bucks putting Private Party over early on. Like, it's the Young Bucks putting FTR over. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's Kenny Omega taking these losses. I feel Kenny Omega really excels with really long-term storytelling. We saw that with Hangman Page. I think there's a, a lot left in this, and I feel like they're, you know, they're really trying to uh, pace this in the right way to get as much mileage yeah, out of it. I would have liked to see Kenny Omega go over. Well, they're but, building Takesta, or I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm sorry. They're they're building Takeshita. Like I keep referring to Cornette's reference of him. I'm not going to repeat it, but um, they're building him up. So Mm -hmm. I don't see him taking losses, you know? No, no. And it's like, it's crazy too. Right. Because it's like, as fans, it's disappointing to see Kenny Omega take losses, but like the matches are good. Just in general, he hasn't hasn't won and he's getting beat up all the time. Like, so it's disappointing as a fan, but at the same time, I feel like there is this is all in service to this larger Don Callis. Like there is a lot of stuff going on, and I trust Kenny Omega 
to fulfill this long-term story, right? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I just don't know where it's going now, and it's kind of weird, but that's how I feel. Um, Moxley welcomed Fresh Squeezed into main event status by beating his ass and taking his title, but that was a good um, match too. That's, that's, I, I, I have to. Admit that's that the equivalent of a. That's a, the equivalent of a Moxley like. That's how John Moxley like um, endorses you, right? Yeah. We're gonna bleed together. I'm gonna take your title. I'm obviously gonna win, but at the same time, it's like I feel this is a pretty successful build for Orange Cassidy. Yeah, it was through the course of his title run. Now they've taken it off. He can do a bunch of different things, but he's been elevated. Yeah. Which honestly, they haven't done a lot of. The goal was reached with Orange Cassidy with that they're trying to do because the guy is over the moon. Like, you know, I'm still not the biggest fan of his, but like the guy works his ass off and I have respect for him. And like I understand why he's over. Um, because he's shown he's just not like a sticky guy with the like fake kicking and punching. So it really it was really impressive to, that his title run that he's had and like he's on for a well-deserved break if he's taking that one or if he's going to be back. I don't know, but that was a good match. And like Bobby said at the top of the hour that despite the terrible buildup, especially to this pay-per-view, they knock it out of the park again, back to back in such a short period of time. Yeah, man. And that's think like, you know, I think what uh, a couple of quick things I wanted to sh- touch on um the bullet you know ftr bucks puts over bullet club gold rightfully so what rightfully so because honestly like i don't know ftr and young bucks and the usos there's more to that story that match was like, just to build this build up the story more between what's going on with ftr and the bucks but also it gives bullet club gold the rub to like have beaten the tag team champions and the young bucks who are this legendary tag team um, in AEW. And it was cool to see one of the ass boys get the pin on, um, I think it was cash Wheeler. I, I could be wrong, but yeah, he'd be, he pinned one of the champions. So that's huge. Yeah, no, I thought that was really good. I thought that was really good. Um, I like uh, just quick odds and ends. Uh, I like this Tony storm character. Oh, I love it. Right. <laughs> I love it. Right? It's 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 pretty cool. It's just like what's her catchphrase? I, it's like head up, tits no, out, chin up, chin up, tits, tits out. out, and something. It's what the same thing that, that like like the marvelous Miss Mizell uses a similar like a similar oh. shit. But oh, okay, what I like about it is just like I really respect a lot of these these wrestlers who are like willing to just like own whatever it is they they they're being asked to do right like everybody has creative control and so like hey can you do this like fuck yeah i can do it i mean that was cody rhodes's calling card yeah in wwe it's like what crazy thing do you want me to do yeah cool i'll do it i'm like you know and i think if you're able to sell yourself that way over and over again in the end not everyone's going to become today's Cody Rhodes, which is like, I don't know, the biggest baby face in wrestling, probably. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but you're always going to be on TV and you're always going to get work. Yeah. Like, if you can sell the shit. And I want to say, like, you know, like fucking Baron Corbin, 
not main eventing WrestleMania, but he's on NXT. He's doing his shit. Like he's still relevant, you know, because he's just cool. You want me to be happy Corbin? I'm happy. I'm sad Corbin, sad Corbin, waiter Corbin, waiter Corbin. And he All right, Lone Wolf Corbin, let's run it back. Yeah, yeah exactly, man. Like that's that's why like Corbin's not the flashiest in the ring and not one of my favorites, but I got a lot of respect for that guy too because he takes anything and just runs with it. 100%, right? And that's the thing too. It's like we often book, we do our fantasy booking from like the consumer standpoint, but it's like, you know, like if you're management, if I'm Nick Khan, obviously I'm Nick Khan, and if you're Vince McMahon, sorry about your luck. What do we want? We want as many good hands as we can get. We want people who can like sell anything and are going to show up to work every day and go out there and perform. And like, I just love seeing that like Tony Storm is in, right? Like this character for her could be her bump to like, she was already being pushed, but it's like, this makes it so much better. Like this makes damage plan interesting. You know what I mean? You mean the um, outcast? Yeah, outcast. Sorry, whatever. <laughs> no, I know. I get all meant, of my terrible just... female factions. Yeah, but um, yeah, but overall, I mean, definitely since CM Punk's firing, AEW has really been struggling. They've basically been booking week show to show at this point, which is kind yeah. of crazy. We don't see that anymore. Um, but like Tony Khan's going back to the well. DB Mox. Chris Jericho's on his podcast out there talking shit on anybody, burying, burying these wrestling dirt sheets who are saying AW's in disarray. So um, <laughs> they've gone to this before, and these three guys have always delivered. Yep. Right. And like, I love the Bucks and Elite, but like, these three guys are all WWE bred. They've got the, they have credentials beyond AW, the, the stroke, right? Yeah, and they've got like experience, like in working like TV and stuff like that. As good as the Bucks and Mox and Page are, they're not really used to being on weekly TV. So they, you know, they're not going to have that, and they're not going to have those reps like those three are, have that you mentioned. So those are important guys to have. And you know, when he calls on them, they deliver all three of them. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's like there's something to hang your hat on. You know what I mean? Um, but. Today is the big day. The WWE era is over. We are now in the TKO Holdings Group era. Wow. Uh, officially today. They are they were trading at over $100 a share, which I don't really know what that means, but it <laughs> seems pretty expensive. Seems like some people like and Vincent McMahon have, uh, have a pretty uh, solid financial stake in it. But um, I loved Payback, dude. Payback was great. That was another another banger of a pay-per-view or a premium live event, I should say. Um, every single match was good, you know, and like even the stuff with Grayson Waller was entertaining. Um, what was your match of the night? Um, I mean, it has to be Judgment Day because I was I was convinced that Sami Zayn KO go over it breaks up Judgment Day, and I did not think it would look what it did for Monday Night Raw. Yeah, we were both wrong on that because I re-listened to last uh, last episode, and we both had um, KO and Sammy winning, and like I even said that it would be a mistake, 
to put the belts on them, but I did some thinking and stuff like that. And I'm trying to run with them and see what they go with. And if you think about it, like just off from the outs, now that we have the glasses off that um, KO and Sammy really kind of ran out of guys to go up against. That was yeah, hundred percent. Right. And, and I think the reason we, we were looking at it wrong was I think probably just because our overall love for the Owen Zane combo yeah but yeah. like i think definitely elevating judgment day was the 100 percent right creative decision the way they did it was great they elevated dom in doing it and then like what la- i think last week or this week dom went back to nxt had a great match again like a great showing um so to me that was like the most surprising which makes it as a rest as a wrestling fan made it the best right i yeah. really like the rollins and nakamura match good match I'm i think they really yeah a lot of storytelling in that a lot of uh-huh. calling back to what's been in the news and shit so like that one and then uh there were some shenanigans as there should be but ellie knight going over the miz with the cena endorsement shit was like it was good yeah i i didn't really have a complaint about that no, and like I said, I don't really have any complaints about like how the the show was booked at all. Um, you know, I think they're in an interesting situation now moving forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because like we'll see it in the mailbag. See how the product um, continues to evolve um, during this uh, big merger that they had. But um, what yeah. I want, ta- yeah, yeah. I was going to say the other thing was like for the payback was just like the Cody Rhodes involvement and the like, I don't, you know, as wrestling fans, we look in, we look way too much into everything, right? Every little detail is somehow pointing us to what the story is going to be. But Cody Rhodes coming out and saying he pulled the strings and all this shit to get Jey Uso on, Jey Uso on Raw really changed the whole game too. It was right. Like, and so I think that makes everything kind of interesting. And I do want to say, like, I fucking love Chad Gable. That match he had God with Luther was so God good. So fucking yeah. good. It was so good. I even I watched that was the only piece of wrestling I watched when I was away because I had to see what happened on that match. And um, it was incredible. Like, I knew Chad Gable wasn't going to win, but there were some a couple moments where you're like, dang, what if they pulled the trigger? And um, I just thought that, that was like, if you had to put stars on it, five stars or whatever the highest yeah, thing is. Exactly. And it sucks because it's like, you know, you, you feel like the WWE, the whole size thing, like, oh, if he was as big as Kurt Angle, he would be getting pushed the shit to the fucking moon. Right. But it, it's like it was still dope. It's like he's still getting pushed. Him having that match with Gunter elevates him. Like it did. He was in the you know, and I feel yeah. I guess the intercontinent, the longest, like to set the streak to be the longest right consecutive. He's, you know, he's in the history book. It's crazy. But, but bear me with me this before we uh, take our break. We are strictly adhering to our time limit tonight as best we can. Like. They're doing WWE's ha, has been doing this where they're putting they've used Gunter more than anyone, but it's like 
they elevated Ricochet. They're elevating Chad Gable. Like everyone he goes against, it's really refreshing to see like this awesome use of this title and this talent, yeah. right? Because fucking Gucci is dope as shit, right? But I, I mean, it's just like, again, I, I would love to see Ricochet and Gable go at it now in like an upper mid card. Oh, yeah. Would. The WWE like, is building you know, up a strong mid card right now. And there, there's a lot of good people. Which in the is weird. Card. Yeah, it's because they usually don't do that. It's usually, and it's giving us more people no. to care about besides Reigns, which is good. Like they're doing the right things right yeah, now. Yeah, because he's not on fucking TV. He's not exactly, on TV. Exactly. Exactly. And I got caught up all day today, and um, everything was everything made sense that they did with their mid card and like you know everything that I that I watched that was relevant made sense. Yeah, man, and I I do love wrapping it up. I love the continuity of like nobody liking Jey Uso. Yeah. Because he's been fucking everybody up. He's part of the shit. Like, you don't get just because you have your personal problems, that doesn't mean you get to come to our locker room. Like, Drew McIntyre, especially, that was dope. Like, all yeah. that. And that's, and that's awesome. Be a good match. Yeah. Great. There's continuity. so many matches for Jey Uso right now. Like, oh, for sure. He's like, he has one, he has one friend. Sammy yep, Zayn. That's it. He's got that's one. That's it. Like, so really excited about that. That's kind of uh, where we stand today. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's 26 minutes of dynamite has been going on. So who knows what they've done? But thanks for hanging out with us for the first half. The second half is coming at you like uh, an Arctic storm. It's cool shit. <laughs> Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, Aaron Rodgers' favorite segment, and the Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? We like to call it the um, motherfucking mailbag. Riding on the coattails of cool shit. Hell yeah, man. Uh, the first question comes from our main man, Ex-Condom. Huh. You can read into that what you will. Yeah. Big fan of the show. Really enjoy trios matches. My question is, do you think WWE should incorporate a trios division and have titles? No. No. Absolutely not. That's the last thing they need. Um, they, they don't really even know how to treat their tag team titles. They don't really have that many tag teams. So <laughs> it's like, why put more... I'm glad that you're a fan of the show and I'm not burying you, but it's just like they, I know they have a big roster and I'm assuming that's what you were trying to get at to see it have more people, but like 
just adding more titles just devalues the rest of them. And especially since the tag team titles are somewhat relevant now, but they haven't been relevant in forever. So my answer is uh, emphatic now. Yeah, and I'm right on that. First off, AEW, one, it would look like you're copying AEW, which I think 100% Vince McMahon is not going for. Number two, AEW has not done a good job with the trios titles. It's hard, man, because basically what you're doing is you're you're eliminating a singles wrestler and a good tag team. Why would you do that? Exactly. Like, I mean, it works like. <clears throat> sure, like AEW did a good like I like Death Triangle. I think it works with the elite. I think it works with they obviously built um, Alistair Black's crew to be a trio. Yeah. And then the but best like, friends, like, yeah, but overall, like, no, absolutely not. What not I really, think. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No. What I think is that, you know, people should listen to Xander. It's like there should be a minimal amount of titles to make the maximum value on them. Exactly. All right. On the heels of the, uh, what, the greatest movie ever, Barbie. We've got the Bleach Bond bombshell asking from Malibu. With the merger official, how do you think this will move the product forward? I think in they make more money and nothing changes. I think what you're going to see is that these two companies that specialize in these specialized live events will find ways to combine resources to cut costs. They will make more money. Vince McMahon is still the chairman for life. Dana yep. White said, I'm not the chairman for life, but I make all the fucking decisions. I'm the fucking man. So get the fuck out of here. So nothing is going to change as far as how their actual products are presented. What they're going to do is this is basically just like the sum of the, the sum of the parts is greater. They're going to basically be able to compound money. They'll be, I'm sure we're going to see like UFC events the same weekend as WWE events where they can like in the same arenas. Right. So you can like cut a bunch of costs and, you can sell like a lot of the WWE fans want to watch MMA. Like you can totally sell. I think there's a lot of like cross marketing and promotions. Um, you know, maybe WWE brings Phil back and puts him in the, the octagon again. Yeah. That's what against, I was against, yeah. against Ronda Rousey, right. a WWE alumni uh, fight. That'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was saying earlier that like they'd probably set up these UFC fights and WWE events. Like, in the same city on that weekend and just bring a whole bunch of like money into the city from all the people. And maybe you can get like a little package deal where you go to both events for like a X amount of dollars, you know, it'll be shit like that. Like how many people would be willing to buy a weekend package where you're going to get a back-to-back WWE event, MMA event at Madison square garden in Las Vegas. Right. You know, it's like, you look at these big cities, like, I mean, I think that's where really the synergy is and understand like WWE is a wrestling promotion. It's a promotional company. It's a marketing company, but like it's a business and they've been making lots and lots of money for a long time as has uh, 
the UFC parent company. And I just think this is what this is. And I think it's going to, yeah, I think there's got, I would be disappointed if there aren't opportunities for UFC stars to have moments in WWE. Yeah. I'd like to see that, but we'll see what happens. Cause I, I don't know if Dana White was, they brought up a similar question to him about that. And he said like, he didn't want anything crossing over in so many words, but um, I would like to see it as a fan. I think that would be cool as a fan of both. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, one thing I think Dana White more than anything, like he's motivated to grow his business because for so long it was like, Oh, you guys are just fucking cage fighters. You suck. Right. Whatever. So he's got like that chip on his shoulder. He's like, he wants to grow. And I think also like he has a lot of heat about how much his fighters make and to have kind of this like ancillary opportunity for them to go make a little extra money, help promote a fight. I I think that like he's a smart enough businessman to see the value in that, but we'll, we will see. I don't think overall the bottom line is less what I heard on the dirt sheets is Vince McMahon is healthy enough to be making changes to raw. And I assume that will continue to happen into the indefinite future. Exactly. All right. Oh, I am looking forward to this question from my main man, smart marks, Inc. I thought the Ricky Starks Danielson strap match was superb. Great. On Sorry. A fantastic, right? Like <laughs> the perb is as like good as it gets. On collision, Danielson said he would be retiring from entering action when his daughter turns seven. She is six at the moment. That being said, what are some of the matches you'd like to see Danielson have if he is truly on his way out? Fantasy booking. So I'll take any promotion. Man, he's done like, I'd like to see him go up against Jay White. Like, that'd be a good match. Because uh, he's pretty much went up against almost everybody in AEW. Like, maybe go up against, I'd like to see him versus Shibata. That would be awesome. Um, like, be a weird, it'd be an interesting, not weird, but it'd be interesting to see him and Hammerstone go at it. Those are just off the top of my head. Yeah, it's crazy because in since Daniel Bryan has gotten to AEW, he's had like really crazy matches, like sixty minute Iron Man match, like strap, like everything he's done. It's like he's pushed the limit so far. It's like, I mean, as far as people, like I don't know, man. I just want to see him wrestle as many people as he wants to because I feel like he's got the picker. Yeah, he he definitely chooses. That's why he's going up against Zack Saber Jr. So you know he pretty much has say in who he's going to be wrestling and what's probably possibly what the outcome is. Like he has all that. Yeah, I imagine he he goes up against the. Uh... Chris Jericho again. Yeah. If it's his last year, like, I mean, there's only so many people in AEW he can go up against. 
But he can also do lots of things through the Blackpool Combat Club, which is cool. Yeah. I'd like so. to see him wrestle Cody Rhodes. I don't think he's wrestled Cody Rhodes. I know that's never going to happen, but just no, not not at this not at this point, right? Yeah, him and Drew McIntyre would be cool. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like he he can go against anybody. It's like really, it's like who do you want to see elevated? Put him against DB, and it'll be good yeah. to go. That's straight up. So I like the question though. Um, Smart marks think, uh, but we've got a year left. I think Daniel Bryan will certainly make it worth our while. If that's even true. Yeah, if that's, if that's even true. You know. All right. Last question. Demonoid phenomenon. I've been liking the Eliminator tournament. Who do you guys think comes out of it as the number one contender? And what are the chances of them dethroning MJF? Well, the chances of whoever dethroning MJF are pretty much zero. I think. I mean, there's I always agree. there's always a chance, but it's not going to happen. Um, it looks like Samoa Joe's coming out of the tournament because they, and then plus they had that face off on Dynamite last week, so that'd be my guess to see who comes out. I don't see anybody wanting to watch Roderick Strong and MJF. I mean, does anybody want to see Samoa Joe and MJF? I guess they're probably that right. I saw them like calling back to the WWE. Yeah, that's what they're getting ready for. I but mean, that doesn't, but that doesn't wrestle. So here's the thing, though. It doesn't deal with the storyline issues of better than you, baby. I know, but like they can always intertwine that stuff. He still has to defend the title. Well, I know, but like, I don't know. Don't you think that the better move is to have Roderick strong who said he was going to win the tournament and then destroy MJF and create that? Like, I mean, they have not, cause they have nothing going on for the rest of the year until like full gear, right. which is like, what December. No, no, you could be right though. Because- you know, that can, like, make, that can make Adam Cole like torn, you know? Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, it, yeah. And they get more of this, I don't know, as much as I can get a better than you, baby, going to restaurants and the comedy aspect of MJF. And I mean, and again, like I said, I, I am maybe a little bit biased because I feel this is like the best version of Roderick Strong that I've seen. Whereas, like, this is, like, kind of some, like, I don't want to say Samoa Joe's mailing it in. They've really leaned heavily into his whole walking away bullshit. They have. I don't like, like that. Yeah, it's like, dude, all right, yeah. I'm done with this. He does like, it too many times in a match. Yeah, and they just made, like, fucking Penta, like, just jump through a table. Like, that was what the spot, I was like, no, dude, I'm not cool with this. Like, you know, I like you to, come, like, I loved it when you choked Phil out. That was dope, but like I don't like that. So, no, you you could be right. I'm gonna lean more towards you though. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know though, man. It's like one thing that has been constant is Tony Khan's booking is erratic. One hundred percent. So, but that is what we got 
for the mailbag. Moving on, the cool shit program. Yeah, but, uh, real quick before that, um, if you want to get at us, you can get at me on Instagram. That's X-A-N-D-E-R underscore H-O-B-B-E-S. And that's the same thing on Threads. And uh, Bobby, where can they find you? Yeah, Instagram, WrestleLocalypse. Spelled like it sounds, but you know it if you're listening to it. Um, you can also get at me at WrestleLocalypse at gmail.com. For all you old wrestling heads out there who aren't trying to get on that social media, I get it. Um, Make sure you download, follow, and give the show a like. 100%. We're on Spotify. Follow us on Spotify. Like us. Get the notifications. Um, also, we'll talk about it a little bit later. We got a playlist. Check that out as well. I see that we have a blinking thing in front of our match of the week, but I know I don't think we've ever talked about it, but you sent me the 2016 AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura match. Yes, you sent me that clip, but then... Um... Yeah, that brought me back to the match. I wanted to do that as a match of the week, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. I've watched it. I watched it when it happened, but I didn't All get right. a chance to rewatch it. And this is what happens when you have too many live premium events slash pay-per-views in a week. And in shows. Hawaii, we don't we don't have we don't have a definitive match of the week for you this week, but um, definitely check out that 2016 match, Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles. Hard hitting. Uh, kind of peak of both their powers, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That was them in like prime form. Like it's just incredible match. Like you have to watch it. Yeah, 100 percent And it was it's super relevant. We just saw Shinsuke Nakamura have a great match with uh uh Seth Rollins. I was gonna call him Tyler Black, but um Seth Rollins, but uh Lots of matches of the week. And again, go back, go back 20, 50, 30 seconds. If you got a great match that you want us to watch and talk about, send it to us, man. Everybody's got different opinions. We're open to almost anything. I'm going to be honest. Don't send me some shit where somebody's getting staples in their face and skewers in their head. Please. I appreciate it. God bless you. That's what you like. But uh, everything else, send our way. I'd love to hear. You know, there's lots of people who listen. You guys have been into, you know, impacts like the back of your hand, you know, NJPW, all that stuff. Send it our way, man. I'd love to check it out. We'd love to talk about it, get new matches of the week in it. But that being said, I see what you've been watching, my friend. Oh, yeah. We started off with um, start out Righteous Gemstones. And man. I didn't know that show was going to take a turn, the turns that it took, like just right off the bat. Like, <laughs> the whole thing is crazy, man. It's, it's pretty like we're, we just finished episode five and um, that was a slower one because like because of, of the shit that just happened. So they had to give you like a little breather. Um, so I get why they put that in there and plus to have some backstory so, too. Um, but it's a, I, I think it's a great show. Danny McBride, home run. Like out of the park. The guy's great, great mind, plays shithead characters to the T. <laughs> yeah. I but love- it's like the cast is so good too. He's got his like, he's got his, he's got his like classic people you may have seen if yeah. you've watched previous shows that he's done. But then you also got like John Goodman. Like you got 
it's pretty it's it's yeah it's it's a good show man yeah i'm glad you turned me on to that thank you no problem and it's like it's cool because the episodes aren't generally too super long you know it's like for us busy adults these days it's tough to just like binge watch hours and hours of television at a time but right but um what are you watching i I just put the four ones up here we finished off the latest Ooh, what happened you there yeah i'm here um yeah so i just put a couple up we finished up what we do in the shadows hilarious the way they finished off was great i found the saved by the bell channel on roku got sucked into that watched my favorite episode the one where screech tries to fill in the wrestle for ac later but then ac comes at the end to save the day awesome and then the next episode after that was when kelly kapowski needed some tutoring and started falling for Screech. Oh, classics. Um, we finished up Project Runway. Really good. The guy, the person who won, totally deserved it. And that was really fantastic. And then we just started Halloween Baking Championship, which is always fun. So, Right on. Yeah, I love Saved by the Bell, man. Like, I, I could watch that over and over and over again. Like, there's just such classic episodes. There's so much, there's so much nostalgia. It's just like, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm feeling all right. Like just everything about it. It's all right. Cause I'm saved by the bell. Yeah, man. But anyways, you know, who's not saved by the bell or the whistle is all the losing teams in week one. And that's why we are, we brought it back. We're in excited to dive into offsides and delay a game week one especially after this week man yeah we're psychedelics have always been my achilles heel <laughs> i love it um so week one reactions man uh cowboys niners eagles right like three best teams in the nfl I right now if we're going by wins, I'd go Cowboys, Niners, and then just maybe the Dolphins. Because the Dolphins had a more impressive win, even though they had to come back. The the Eagles, the Eagles had chances, the um Patriots had chances to to win. They true, true, true. Do you think the Patriots who do you are the Patriots? or the Chargers better? I think in the end, the Chargers are better. I think they are. Just as of of right now, as of week one, I should say. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because I feel like they're. They're right there. They're not the best in their division. I think Herbert's obviously the. Then Mac Jones, yeah, yeah, but Belichick's the better coach. True. I don't. And know. they're they're. I don't think either of them are the best team. Neither of them are the best team in their division. No, right? Because we got Chiefs in the AFC West, and you've got what I would feel was the, is the Dolphins at this point. Yeah, because 
Josh Allen is like, I throw picks. Look at me. You get the ball. You get the ball. You get the ball. But again, also, uh, so it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I think that some things are real. I think Tyreek Hill is like, he could, he could break the record. Yeah. Like him and Tua, man, they've got a connection and he's, depending on the, you know, the way the schedule looks, I mean, he, he's 215. It's not the, like he's done this before. He's done this many times before. So. Yeah. Yeah. If they keep and Tua did jujitsu in the offseason. So when he gets thrown to the ground, he can roll out of it and not get a concussion. There you go. So if if he's if he's on the field, man, that's a dynamic duo for sure. Like we saw what we've seen what quarterbacks and receivers who are dialed in can do, even if they don't necessarily win their division. Like no, it would have huge numbers. Um, I think another week one reaction I had was um Like, at some point, is Vegas even going to take money for the Packers versus the Bears? It doesn't matter who's the quarterback. I could be the quarterback, and the Packers are going to beat the Bears. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. It's weird because in sports, that shouldn't happen. There's players, especially in the salary cap, where players change and da-da-da-da, but it's like... Some teams just have other teams' numbers, just like, some, just like some players do. And apparently, just like how the Dallas Cowboys have... The New York Giants number. Put it up the number was 40 to zero. Zero. <laughs> and I like how all the analysts have been like downplaying it too. Like, like people like Richard Sherman and LaShawn McCoy and like saying that, like, well, their offense wasn't that great. I was like, it didn't have to be. Like, what are you going to do? We're like, listen, our defense has scored three touchdowns. Here's what we're going to do. We're going deep. We're yeah. going to run the score up on them. Hey, Dak, we lost you for five games last season. We had to rely on some jerk off name, whatever his name was. Cooper no, Rush. I think you run the ball and you don't make the offense do anything. Exactly. I thought that game, and there, <laughs> this one guy was arguing how like 40 to zero is the same as 30 to seven, which is what the San Francisco 49ers beat uh pittsburgh and uh, it's like no a shutout is a shutout dude like <laughs> it it doesn't matter like z- zero points and seven points are totally different i don't care if they're done in garbage time or not yeah yeah and first off like i yeah exactly that's like it's a terrible argument number number two thing is don't get it twisted like the niners are our biggest competition yeah We've lost to them two years in the playoffs on wacky wackadoodle shit. It's like this this year it's coming to a bad. Yeah, I agree. And they with are that. big like I want I want them to lose like I don't like that to me is the team that is go is the only team really like the Eagles are good and all I don't know why. I just don't like I just feel that this defense I think they can handle what Jalen Hurts has to offer. I don't know if they can handle like the triumphant of like what Debo, like all those yeah, guys the Niners yeah. have, like yeah. it's yeah. tough, man. Like it's just McCaffrey, like respects a hundred percent. But the way our defense looked, dude, that and especially the cornerbacks, like the way they just it's it's so stacked. Like 
Yeah, that that since they got Stephon Gilmore, like now the corners are locked because they used to just throw to the side that Trayvon Diggs wasn't on, and they would pick that guy apart because it was just a bunch of nobodies. But now we got someone who had an interception um, in the game. So it's just, and then Trayvon Diggs had that play where he hit the hit it and like popped the ball up, and he also stripped someone. So it's like, and that's against that's at, that's away. Against a division rival, I don't care how many times you beat them. It's still what he's supposed to do: lose. Like a hundred percent, right? And the other thing is too is like all the stakes were on Dallas. If they lost, the story out of him like Dallas, like oh Dallas loses, Dak stinks. This, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Versus like everyone's like, oh well, the Giants need to retool, and they'll like you know. Yeah, before Sunday, they were saying the Giants were a better team than they were. And yeah, the people were talking about them making the playoffs because they won a playoff game last year. So, hundred percent. I'm like, just saying, like, you can't keep moving the goalposts like that. Like, yeah. give it. Like, I know it's just week one. I'm not saying to anoint them as Super Bowl champions, but I'm just saying give the credit where it's due. Because we give always the credits where it's due. Exactly. Dallas's D is as good as any through week one. I feel they've got the horses. They will be as good as any. Through week seventeen, I guess nowadays it's so hard. Um, but other than that, any big week one uh, reacts before we move on to preview a few of the big games. Uh, um, another week one reaction is uh, the Bengals lost to the Browns. They did, Joe Burrow. You know what? It, it's tough when you make that much money. I like. Here's the thing. That dude did not has that was his first. He didn't play at all in the preseason. I think the I think the Bengals will be competitive in the division at the end. I don't think he was severely outplayed by Deshaun Watson. Mm-mm. Like, and here's the thing: if that guy doesn't pay off, this that Browns team is sunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has to play better than he has in every single game we've seen. So, um. You know, a lot of people, you know, I think Joe Burrows is still super talented. I think at the end of the year, he'll be up there in the MVP candidate. I have faith in this team more so, I think, than the Bills. After this week, yeah. You know, it's like, so that's where I stand on that. Um, I think the Browns are a legitimate contender and that's such a weird division. We don't really know how Baltimore is going to end up. Um, their their blue chip quarterback was injured through the second part of last season, so we don't know. And I think Pittsburgh obviously got the brake speed off them, but yeah. up and up until that happened, they were like they had the most hype coming out of like fucking preseason. It was like so you know, there's lots of overreactions that happen in week one. Um, moving forward though, week two, we've got some opportunities to, uh, kind of put our stake on what we think is going to go down. So I, I'm going to pick five games cause we don't got a bunch of time, but I think these are, um, important games. So number one, Thursday game, we've got Vikings at Eagles. As of now, from the Caesars Sportsbook, 
Philadelphia's line has moved to uh, they're favored by six points. Yeah. I would take that. I'm taking Philly on that too. Philly, yeah. And to cover. Yeah. And the over under is 49. I don't know about that over under. That's a lot of points. Yeah. Like it's it's scary when the points are that high. I'd probably take the under and I would probably take Philly with the six points. Yeah. Are you I, writing these? Are you gonna write these down or should I? Um I'll write I don't have a pen. All right, I will. Okay. So week two, we're taking Eagles points at negative six under. Forty-nine. All right. So the next game, obviously, we got to talk about the recently destroyed, crushed, obliterated Jets. No quarterback. No hope. No reason to even really exist in the league, except for history with Broadway Joe. But they're going up against the juggernaut from Dallas. Sack your ass team up and Dallas's line has moved to nine points favored by nine. Yep. Are you taking that? I'm taking Dallas to win, but I'm not taking the point. I'm not. I mean, I'm not taking the spread. So you would take the Jets to cover. Yeah. And the over under is 38. Take the, I'll take the under on that. I mean, I don't know, man. If our defense scores 24 points. <laughs> no, I agree. I would take the under, too. I mean, part of the thing is, you you know, you hope that Soleil comes up with uh, some sort of game plan to protect his quarterback and lean on the defense. I mean, maybe it's a lower scoring game and Dallas I think it's going to be a defensive game, dude. Of course. Well, I hope every fucking Dallas game is a defensive game. That's yeah. where the talent is at this point. No, 100%. You know? All right. So the next one that I think really interests me. Is uh, Dolphins Patriots Sunday night game. The spread. Miami's favored by three over under 46 and a half. 46 and a half. Does it seem like, I mean, that's a good amount of points. That's that's like, yeah, it's like 23 points a piece. I'm taking Miami to cover. Yeah, that, I'm going to take that too. With And, and I'm going to take the over. It's a lot of points, but I could totally see this being like uh, I think the Dolphins could put up some big points and it could easily it could easily and at some point, right? It's it's I want I want to get the like the spread is for a reason, the overrunners for a reason. I feel like this this game could get there, but yeah. All right, so there's three games. Obviously, we got to talk about the Monday night game. 
And I'm not talking about the Saints and Panthers, no offense. I'm talking about AFC East rivalry, Browns versus Steelers. Oh, that's I was going to pick that game too. We got Cleveland is only favored by two and a half, which is basically a pick to me in football, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Over under 38 and a half. I'm going under and I'm picking Cleveland. I'll take Cleveland on the under two. And I'll, I was going to take um, the last one on the over as well. All right, last game. So this one was tough because a lot of these are uninteresting. Like, I don't know. I mean, the Niners are favored by eight to come into LA and beat the brakes off the Rams, which that seems that's probably going to happen. Pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, what about the um, Bills and the Raiders? Bills, Raiders. All right. That's that's see, that's interesting. All right, we'll do that one. Raiders Bills, the line is at nine for the Bills, which seems yeah. weird being that they just lost to the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. I think they cover that. You think Raiders cover? Uh, no, I I think the the Bills cover. You think that. the Bills win by nine? Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna take the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's maybe a good game. I think he's in the league. And the over-under is 47. I'll take the under on that. Yeah, I think I agree. I'm going to take the under too, but I'm going to go with the Raiders to pull it out against the Bills. I think this is the season from hell for the Bills. I think they end up going 0-4 to start the game. People get crazy, and by the time they realize what's going on, Miami's got four games up. They've lost twice to the Jets, probably. Who knows? Like, I mean, they yeah. lost to the Jets. But the Jets, the Jets aren't a bad team, though. Like, they're not a bad team. They're not a bad team, but people are talking about Bills, like possibly people on the WrestleOclipse that Josh Allen is an MVP candidate and the Bills are like a lock. And dude, it was one game. It was one Dude, game. It, yeah, it was one game where they knocked out the starting quarterback in four plays. It's like, I don't know. I'm not buying the Bills shit is all I'm saying. I've been there before. You know what it is? <laughs> it's a bitter pill. It's a fucking bitter pill. Janine was saying um, that KC versus Jacksonville could possibly be a good game. I believe in Trevor Lawrence, man. That's what I yeah. said. And KC's only favored by three and a half. They're only favored by three and a half. And I don't know if Kelsey's going to play. Um, and this seems like a line that is, should be, it's like, really, it's a pick em. The Chiefs are only getting three and a half because they're the Chiefs, not necessarily because like they deserve it. I think Janine, that's a, that's a, that's a, a shark's eye on that one. Hey, um, do me a favor and take a picture of those and send them to me because those are those are gonna be my picks for my league. Oh, okay. When do you need them by? Um, tomorrow. Okay. Well, just because my handwriting is not exactly legible. Oh, it's it's all right. And the way I did it, so well, I'll 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 go. I'll I will put them together for you and send them. Sweet. All right. So now 
to another critically acclaimed segment is our get rid of one. And I believe it's your turn, Bobby. It, it is. And let me fire it up on the old. Uh... All right. So like we talked about, Tony Khan has to lean on his three pillars. One of which Daniel Bryan, one of which John Moxley, one of which Chris Jericho. The problem is we need four things for get rid of one. And that's only three people. So yeah. we're not going to get rid of any of them. What we're going to do, though, is we're going to examine which one of these four personas of Chris Jericho are you getting rid of? Oh, snap. Number one, the pain maker, obviously. Number two is the list maker. Which I mean, do I don't know if we have to talk about what list maker did, but number three, one of my favorites, Le Champion, the bubbly. Remember when the bubbly was a thing? That was a thing. I know. And then for the fourth one, I was really torn, but I ended up going with the best in the world at what I do. So that's suit Jericho, right? Yeah. Okay. Paymaker, oh. list maker, list champion, and the best at what I do. <laughs> Which right. I feel carry. It's like it's a big like. Look at that guy's career, man. Yeah, this is a celebration of Jericho. Like, yeah. I can't get uh, that Jericho is the best in the world at what I do. Oh eight with the suit wearing. That's like prime real estate, Chris Jericho, right? Fucking there. peak like, Jericho, right? Yeah. And to me, I, it was that. I was gonna. It was that or Y two J. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't choose Y2J, so I went with that one, but I agree. Like, for me, that's like... That's the best one. He's like, he's so savvy, but still physically there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, he, at that point, he's like, he's like fucking Giannis, like, (laughs) like 09 Kobe. Like, he just, he gets wrestling and he can do it. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm getting rid of... Le champion. Uh, hear me out though. Hear me out. Because we don't see the pain maker often, and I like the pain maker. Um, the list of Jericho was hilarious. Like I just the list maker was great. His in-ring work was good too. But I just I love that. Included, included Kevin Owens, his Owens best friend. His best friend. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> they were they were just spectacular together. And yeah. I'm not saying I didn't like Le Champion, but out of those three. I, I had to get rid of that one. That's interesting. I'm getting rid of the pain maker. Uh, one, because most recently the pain maker hasn't won. Number two, I think it's more of like a smart wrestling person. Like, oh, cool. I get that he did this and this is his thing. Whereas the other ones were just so like universally over in major yeah. promotions. Lechevion, like seriously, was such a huge driving force at the beginning of AEW. It, it was, it was with the uh, bubbly and everything. I'm not and getting rid of it because it sucked. No, 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 none of these sucked. Yeah, none of these sucked. Absolutely. Uh, but that was my theory. Like, I do like the pain maker. I just feel it's so niche, which is like kind of a testament to how good Chris Jericho is. Yeah, he's like, I can go. I'll get down with all of you wrestling smarky nerds 
Japan, but I'm also going to be making fucking lists in WWE. You know, and Le Champion, one of my favorite things of Le Champion was when early on he brought out uh, Simple Jack Hager and the crowd started chanting, We the people, and he shut it down. It was like, That's bad creative. That's done. Yeah, I, like, oh, I remember that. That was great. You know, so what Le Champion brought to AEW early on was like so important. But I agree with you. Like, there is no wrong answer here. Unless you, get just, of, unless you get rid of oh wait Jericho, yeah, I don't think you could do that. And honestly, like I did, I couldn't put oh wait Jericho and Y two J Jericho on there because I think both those are obvious. They like, yeah, no, that's not going to go away. That was a good one because I had to think for a minute. Yeah, and also it's like I don't know. We do a lot of different things on the get rid of one segments, and if you have a great get rid of run, send it to us. You can throw it in the mailbag, send it to us or whatever. We'll definitely check it out. Um, we do a lot of pop culture and shit. Sometimes we just got to bring it back to wrestling. There we go. You know. All right. But we're, now we are in the gorilla position and we are getting ready to walk out to the ring. We got the water bottle. We got the resistance bands getting all tuned up, getting the guy ready. Um, what are you coming out to? Um, so I'm coming out to a song called Note to Self from a band called From First to Last. And this is very uh, progressive-y, metal-y, good blast beats. Pretty much classic Bobby B, uh, style on this one. Um, and this is what I'm coming out to. Uh, this is the one I, what I had for last episode until I had to bring in the uh, John Cena theme. But anyways, that was just a callback. We like continuity here. Let's listen to this song right now. There we go. From first to last, which I mean happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm coming out to something a little bit different. This is um by a band called Brimstone Coven, and they're kind of a throwback metal band. They kind of sound like they would be placed in the 70s. Pretty cool. But wait, wait, wait. With a with a with a name like Brimstone Coven, who would have thunk? I know, right? <laughs> and um, this album came out in 2020 though. And the song is the opening track from the album, The Woes of Immortal Earth. And this is called The Inferno. Check it out.
Yeah, it's got a real cool old school vibe. Like, I dig it. These guys are dope. They came up on my rotation um, on Spotify. They just like got thrown in the little, thrown in the mix, and it caught my ear. So I thought it was pretty cool. But you can check all these out, including the interlude and the outro, in our 2023 playlist called Swan- "Songs to Swan Tong To." Try saying that five times. Um, yeah, but that's I can. Spotify. If I do, I'll end up like Jeff Hardy. <laughs> But that's on Spotify. We'll put the links in the show notes. But now we're inside the ring. We're going to be doing something a little bit different. What are we doing, Bobby? Yeah, man. So we're in September. And, uh, you know, this podcast, we've been operating for quite a long time, since 2019. And one of our favorite things is our year ends uh, episodes. And one of the best things we like to do is we kind of do like our awards, right? The WrestleOcalypse Awards. Uh, they're probably the most prestigious awards in all of wrestling and all of podcasting, to be honest. But um, we're willing to take a little bit of the luster off these awards and allow our listeners to actually have input. Which gives makes me kind of ill, but we're going to do it anyways. We <laughs> talked about it. So, um, so here's what we're going to do. Tonight, we're going to break down. We're going to talk about all the different awards that we feel we want to recognize. We're going to talk about a few of the people who have already kind of based on the first nine months of the year have earned their way into nominations. But what we want to do is we want to challenge all of you to show us who you think you want. And and you can send us nominations. Uh, Once again, we're talking about Xander Hobbs on the Instagram we're talking about Wrestleocalypse on the Instagram. Uh, send us yours. We'll put them all together. And then in a couple months, when we do our end of the year awards, we're going to be able to have all this information. It'll be awesome. It'll be a great episode. It'll be even better than the greatest episode, which the last one was. So obviously, uh, there's some things we've always had, and we're going to talk about those, right? Number one, match of the year, right? When we talk about match of the year, we're talking about the one match that you saw this year that you're like, holy shit, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, We've got some good ones. Um, So far, what we feel have already earned their way in was the Usos versus Reigns and Solo. And then we're talking about the Omega and Osprey match. The first one. The first one. And so... Again, there's plenty of other matches that could make this. We've already, they're on our radar. So if you like one, send it to us. Let us know. We're going to take a look at them and maybe they can creep their way into the nominations. Exactly. Our next one that we always have is Male Wrestler of the Year. That's always a big one, you know nominations right now cody rhodes jay uso um we, there's going to be more those are just the ones that come off the top of our head we also have female wrestler of the year yeah which is pretty wide open but obviously i think rhea ripley is kind of uh pacing, kind of the the, pacing the crowd right now although like we talked about loving what tony storm is doing um willow nightingale yeah. doing some great things so like love to see what you guys think about that tag team of the year xander thinks maybe ftr might make it i think maybe usos their work in the beginning of the year is top notch um you know i'm sure it's, i'm sure some you know 
we're very influential. I'm sure the Young Bucks will probably be contacting us trying to get their name in that list. But um, only if I can get a, a pair of the spiked J1s. I like this one, Stable of the Year. Yeah, this is a because good one. I think this is like really like we love stables. If you've listened to us, check the archives. We love stables. I mean, the rest of Locklips is basically a stable. It is. Uh, and this year, I feel like stables have really come to the forefront in both major productions. So, you know, I mean, Bloodline, Judgment Day, Bullet Club Gold. I mean, the elite, I don't really deserve it, but if anybody wants to make the case, obviously you know where to get at us. Um, but stable, I think, is really good. And I, I wanted to go with stable versus trios because the trios is really AEW-centric, and I really love it. And I think there's a case to be made about, like, oh, who's the best trio? But I think to be more universal, include all of the different promotions, I felt that, like, stable is better. I agree um this one is gonna be crazy like because i think this year has been pretty awesome with the pay-per-views or the live premium events like oh absolutely like aw has done great wrestlemania was fantastic payback like all of them it's like i feel like 2023 could really pin or or uh you know make claim that this they both major promotions and even like victory road and shit has been good yeah the pay-per-views have been so consistently good so this one's going to be tough like wrestlemania was just like i don't know wrestlemania was pretty ridiculous it's hard it's going to be hard to beat wrestlemania Yeah. yeah um but again we got to go back. We got to take a quick, we got to take a, a really nuanced look. And again, like we're telling part of this whole segment is we're trying to motivate anybody who's listening, send us to you what you think is the best. You may have think it's something different. Maybe another match spoke to you the best. So something that we missed. Yeah. This is my favorite because I think this is like kind of the whole state of wrestling as like, there is this huge crop of young talent and some of them are going to rise to the top and be the guys in the next, for the next generation. And some are, and this is the most improved wrestler. Uh, we got the ass boys and Dom leading the, leading the charge. Um, uh, but I already can think of a couple other ones. I'm, I'm going to look at, um, but like, these are the people like two years ago, this would have been like Jack Perry or last year. This would have been Jack Perry. Right. Yeah. Like, going through and going through Christian winning. And then it's just like you fall off. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's good. It's interesting to track this year by year and see, but definitely right now, like I sent Xander uh, an image of the new bullet club gold shirt, which is totally an ass boys reference. Like, and if yeah. you would have told me six months ago, I'd be, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. They're Seriously. garbage. Yeah, dude. That shirt, I was like, that shirt's dope. Like, they're dope. Like, I like them. Yeah, they've dope. improved like by leaps and bounds. And I think it, you know, they it started off with them joining up with Jay White and Juice Robinson. Oh, yeah. The the split with with their dad was the best thing that happened to them. Oh, for sure. Because look yeah. where they are and look where the acclaim is. Like the acclaim is still super over, but oh, not yeah. 
not as over as they were. And I'm not saying Bullet Club Gold's, I mean, Bullet Club Gold is right at their heels, honestly. Yeah, 100%. But that's one of them. Um, we got the comeback slash debut of the year. I didn't want to separate these because when wrestling is really tough, um, Xander's already put in our main man, LA Knight, up in there. But um, I think there's a bunch of different. Uh, yeah, there's different ways. I just put stuff off the top of my head. Oh, 100%. 100%. But I want to say, like, uh, you know, like Hikaru Shido coming back was such a big thing. Like, there's just a lot of opportunities. And I like it. It's like either somebody's debuting, which could be a big thing for a promotion, um, or just like coming back from injury. We kind of rolled them up into one. Yeah. And I think last, the lastly, this is one of my favorites because this is what wrestling is actually all about. And it's feud of the year. And I would say right now, what I'm putting in there nominating is the Don Callis Kenny Omega feud. Yeah. You're putting that already. I just think it's in there. I don't know if it's going to be the best or not, but like it's been relevant for a really long time. The, the, the turn when he fucking bashed his face with the screwdriver. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything about it. Like, I think that's a, I think that's the other one. I think they're obviously Sammy Owens and Usos. Or Sammy Owens, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Bloodline. Bloodline period, yeah, is pretty freaking ridiculous. Like just all the matches, all the good matches, all the good storylines. Yeah, all the twists and so turns. there's a bunch of that. But like, yeah, but that's what wrestling's all about. It's about the feuds. It's about I agree. The feuds. Everything no, else is great. Too. Like, but it's all about the three questions, the, right? Yep. Who's fighting? Why are they fighting? And most importantly, why do we care? Exactly. Exactly. And it's crazy when you can simplify something so dynamic that we just talked an hour and a half about into three questions. But you cannot top that. No, we can't. And this is a sign off and always reminding you to show empathy, protect animals and the planet and support the Wrestleocalypse. Booyaka Shah. Suckers.